This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. Do you drive a vehicle? Then you'll find AutoCorrect helpful, especially on Coach Charlie's Tip of the Week. Listen to our podcast with me, Coach Charlie Melton, on any podcasting platform or on the MPB Public Media app. Okie dokie, folks, welcome back. Horticulture's fell to rushing. We're going to be talking about gardening. Uh, Java, looking good this morning, man. You, 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 kids got you on your toes and all that? I was just about to say, you're being kind this morning, Felder, because I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm in a disheveled state. But it's okay, it's okay. It's just, you know, for all of my parents out there, just a, a normal day in uh, in fatherhood. Yeah, <laughs> yes, yes, indeed. Been there, done that. But anyway, uh, how you doing? Doing all right? Hadn't seen you since last week. Yeah, and I'm, and I'm kind of disappointed in the weather. I was liking the spring-like temperatures and yeah. things, but now we're getting to some normal uh, early March type of weather. Yeah, a lot of people are saying, it's going to get cold next week. I'm saying, it's winter. <laughs> it's not winter till the, a week from today. No, 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 the 21st. Oh, so, wow. Yeah. I mean, I tell people all the time, you know, yeah, it, it's, is climate changing? Yeah. Are things shifting around? Yeah, they are. But our average last frost is still the third week in March, which means half the time it happens after that. We can still get March and April. Doesn't look like it right now. But anyway, a lot of people are worried about next week, thirty uh, mid to upper 30s. Not a problem, folks. So don't worry about, you know, we got all this winter damage. No. Uh, 20 degrees, that'd be a problem. Uh, but what about the people who got anxious and, and they put some things in the ground or, or put some new something in a pot? <laughs> um, I, I want to be polite, so I'm not going to say blank them, <laughs> but they know better. It's a, you know, it's legal to gamble in the garden, and if you want to plant stuff early, it's just gambling, you know. But let's just put it this way: if you lose some stuff, don't whine because you knew about it. Okay, there you go. <laughs> but there's a lot of stuff that can be done this week. A whole lot of stuff. As a matter of fact, this this week, uh, last week, I, I sowed some lettuces that are up already. Uh, I started some sweet pea seeds. I pre-sprouted them in a little damp paper towel, and they're and I potted them up yesterday. They're already up. Uh, there's a whole lot of lettuces. You know, if you don't even have a garden, if you got a porch or a patio, you can get a pot, fill it with a little potting soil, and sprinkle some lettuce seeds on top and just wet it down once a day. And within three or four days, you got lettuce coming up, and it's pretty. And when you're tired of looking at it, you can eat it. And when you eat it, it's ready to stick a tomato or pepper or flour in it. So, so in other words, don't wait till spring. Don't pine for summer. Let's go ahead and enjoy it. Seize the day. And there's lots and lots and lots of stuff that wants to be planted out this time of year. But anyway, we're going to talk about all that. Uh, I've got a, an heirloom to talk about. I've got a wildflower to talk about and a, uh, an edible plant that is also a wildflower to talk about. But, um, and we, and I've got my rant coming up, my felderol, or what we call it. Uh, Answers to unasked questions, 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 questions. <laughs> but we're here to talk with folks about what's going on in their own garden. We've got, a, and the, the lines are open. We've got a caller right now from Corinth. Mike, what's going on up in the icebox in Mississippi? Hey, how you doing today? I'm fine. A little chilly out there, ain't it? It is. I'm sitting out on the front porch all bundled up, but... Uh, uh, I had a question uh, talking about the cold. We have a, a bad cold spell right before Christmas, mm-hmm. and uh, several of our got two big uh, lower pedlum yeah. bushes on either side of the front porch, and they're brown right now. Yeah, uh, I don't know when they. I forgot when they first leaf out. 
Yeah. But uh, the Cambian uh, is still green. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's a, you know the the Lorpellums in Central Mississippi are already blooming. You know, so so they're doing their thing. Uh, but as long as the Cambian and folks. Who listen? Cambium. If you scratch the bark right up under the bark, it should be bright green. That's the living tissue. That's called cambium. And if it's bright green, the plant's alive. Uh, but Mike, if you'll check further down towards the, the ground, make sure that the stem, the lower stems haven't, the bark hasn't split. We've seen a lot of plants that are starting to sprout out right now from stored up food from last year. You know, you cut a branch off, it'll still sprout out, but it sucks itself dry. So make sure the the the, the bark isn't split further down. Uh, because we're seeing that on on some unusual some some plants, and if you see that, cut it off below there. It'll sprout back out from 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 below there. But anyway, otherwise, if the cambium's still good, I would just you know wait and see. Just wait and see. If you wanted to prune them, you could. But there goes some of your spring flowers. How far from the ground would you say to check it? Or to uh, cut it back if it were to be split? It, below the split. I have a, uh, a, a star jasmine, star or Confederate jasmine, uh, that is the the queen of my garden. When it blooms, it covers a massive arbor around my front porch. And uh, and it's just, it does doorknob. Bark is split. Everything's bad. Uh, and I checked, and it was split down to like a foot and a half above the ground. I cut it off a couple of weeks ago right above that, I mean right below there. And I checked yesterday, and I've already got new growth sprouting from the stumps that are four inches long. It, the new growth will really, really jump because it's pushed by a root system that's still fully intact. Uh, but anyway, you can cut it as far back as you want to. You cannot hurt a loripedalum by pruning it foot tall if you want to. So it won't hurt the plant. Okay, uh, I've also got a couple of uh, ligustrums that uh, yeah, they look good too. Trained into, I trained in the tree form yep. several years ago, mm-hmm. and of course one of those is about dead anyway. It's kind of got some rot on it, but uh, both of them uh, are bare right yeah. now. Yeah, and uh, several other trees. Uh, it looks like it's they're part of the trees blooming, and uh, maybe. It just takes a little time for it to Yeah, yeah. And, uh, You're describing every garden from Hattiesburg North. I mean, uh, I, I have a I have a Cliera shrub that's pruned to a tree form, a small tree, right by my front door. It's the only original plant that I left from when the house was built in the 1940s. So we're talking about a, a tree, that's, uh, a plant that's 80 years old, never lost a leaf, never had any problems. Uh, right now it looks dead as a doorknob just because all the leaves got thrown off. So anyway, all we can do is scratch the bark. And then wait and see. That's all anybody can do. I mean, that's all I can do. And I got a degree in horticulture, but all I can do is wait and see. Okay. Well, thank you very much. All right. Appreciate it. All right. I've got the lines open. You want to give us a call? It's toll free one eight seven seven MPB ring. Be glad to talk with you about what's going on in your gardening mind. Uh, the flowers I brought in today. One is a, a is an old kind of rose. It was found in Texas around a lady's yard, a Hispanic woman named Martha Gonzalez. And so we call the rose Martha Gonzalez. It's rich, velvety red, deep, deep red. Well, it's not deep red, but it's really red. Velvety-looking flowers, uh, about just about big enough to put in the bottom of a teacup. Good foliage. I've never seen it get black spot. It blooms from spring until frost. Nice little compact plant. And uh, it was rescued by some people who noticed around this yard, blooming with no care at all. And Ms. Gonzalez uh, 
let them have a cutting, and that's where mine came from. It's just on the other side of burgundy. Yeah, yeah. Just on the other side. Yeah. It's not that's, a be, nice, that's a nice color. Yeah, it's not going to be a good cut flower, but it is a good, dependable, ever-blooming little shrub rose that does great. Now, the other plant I brought is a wildflower. A lot of people don't like this because they don't see its value. Uh, this is called spiderwort. It's got uh, the the flowers are, are purple. It's got three petals, and it's got two leaves that stick around. It's called spiderwort because it looks kind of like a spider. But the reason I mention this, this is a native plant. It's called Tradescantia virginiana, uh, but but it's a, it's a wonderful plant if you like easy growing. If you don't like weeds, this is not your plant because it comes up everywhere. It's native to here. The reason I'm showing this, this is a kind of invasive wildflower. Uh, beautiful. It's one of my great-grandmother's favorite. Uh, this red rose is a dependable little heirloom. And what my great-grandmother do, Java, she would take this wildflower and this rose and she would put them together in a bouquet and carry it, to her hand, carry it in her hand to church. And what she did was she created what I call Rumpelstiltskin's garden, golden garment made out of common straw. And individually, they're just, okay, they're great. Put them together, you got something really, really nice. And that's the beauty of gardening is taking disparate plants that are tough, arranging them in ways that looks good, and uh, making, you know, making, making a nice little garment, weaving a tapestry. Now, what's the name of the the, uh, the native plant? Did you just the spider? Yeah, they call it spiderwort, Tradescantia. And get this, it's got uh, kind of a purple flowers. If there's a radiation leak, they leak, they turn pink. <laughs> Wait a minute. Yeah, I mean, who needs to know that? <laughs> but that's an esoteric stuff. But uh, anyway, Virginia spiderwort, and uh, a lot of people don't like it because it comes up where they don't want it. It doesn't care. I think about how you say when you go overseas that um, a lot of our native plants sometimes could be uh, categorized as weeds or things that you see in other gardens, and, you know, they're kind of treasured a little bit. Yeah. Well, as a matter of fact, this spiderwort, common and, 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 and easy to grow as it is, sun or shade, uh, there's probably 15 different named cultivars, including some that are pure white, some that are rich red, some that are, that are, that are pale, some that got stripes on the leaves. They've come up with a lot of variations. So if you're going to have something you can't get rid of, let's make it pretty. <laughs> so horticulture at work. Anyway, let's slide. We've gone from the Tennessee state line. Let's go down the Gulf of Mexico to Mobile. Jesse, how are you this morning, man? Jesse? Well, it's in the 70s, so we're not complaining. <laughs> yeah, yeah. just wait a couple of months. Let's talk about it then. Well, uh, well, I have to wait a month. Tomorrow's going to be in the 50s when we wake up. There you go. Good, good, good. Well, what you got going on? Checking on plants for the bedroom, jasmine came up as a good oxygenator. Yeah. However, the ones I've seen down here at the nursery are those vine versions. So yeah. they're about six feet coming up. Yeah. Is there a smaller version of jasmine that's more house pot? Friendly. Yeah, well, you know, jasmine is uh, is is the the true jasmine. I'm not not the Confederate jasmine or the or what people call jas the yellow jasmine, which is really jasmine. There's a lot. There's a big family, and there are some shrub jasmines. Um, but now I got to mention this: uh, these plants they like uh, humidity. They got like bright indirect light, and you know, you put it indoors. It's not only not real light. But also it's low humidity, and a lot of these plants are tropical, subtropical. Um, you know they mm-hmm. don't adapt really well to the low humidity, and if they don't drop their leaves, they may not flower as well. So, uh, and and by the way, and I don't want to get contentious. Maybe I ought to say this for rant, but you know these plants really don't do that 
given oxygen and clean up the air. They really don't. <laughs> they don't. I'm real familiar with it. And the research done on that by a guy named uh, Bill Warburton from Mississippi mm-hmm. was done in little boxes where they pumped everything out except they were pumped in different stuff. So it was all once you got a big room, all those benefits yep. go away. It's good to have them. And it makes us feel good, and sometimes it makes the bedroom smell better. But uh, as far as oxygen and all like that, if you open a door, that's all you need, really. Uh, seriously. Yeah, we got the pollen coming in. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, I, you know, I'm, I'm I'm real cheerful all the time because of the antihistamines. But uh, I'm I'm just saying that that the, the potted plants that that are cleaning the air and providing oxygen, yeah. uh, that's a marketing hooey done by the uh, Nursemen Association down in Florida. Ah, uh, true. All right. But but it's good to have them. So I'm encouraging encouraging to do that. Well, let's find a plant that likes a lower light and a lower humidity. Okay. All right. Any recommendations? Oh yeah, there's low there's light. yeah there's tons of them. You know what mother-in-law tongue or snake plant is? Sansevera. You can grow that. It's yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. As soon as you see it, you say, oh yeah. You know that's being grown. I mean, you can grow it in an ashtray on top of the TV. And uh, there's a plant called Chinese evergreen that's pretty as it can be. Good, good leaves. And uh, if it's going to collect dust and stuff like that and pump out anything, it's got big leaves. And it loves a low light, low humidity of indoor. Chinese evergreen. Okay. All right. Thanks, Felder. Okay, Jesse. I hope I was trying to bring you down on the oxygen thing. But, I mean, I started bringing myself down just talking about it. No, there's a chili cook-off tomorrow, so we're good. All right. <laughs> You're going to need some fresh air. See you, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> All right, thanks. Okay, now, uh, garden. Where does it come from? It's an old English word that really rooted in, in European uh, ancient language called gordos. Gordos became guarded. Guarded became garden. It also became yard. Yard is slang for guarded area. Uh, Gordos also became hortos or horticulture, cultivating things in the hortyard, the courtyard. Courtyard, garden, gordos, yard, all those come from that same word, Java. Who knows? You didn't, you weren't thinking about this, were you? I was not, but this is a, this is a rabbit hole I can get with. I, I like <laughs> language. This is, I love it. Keep going, yeah, fellas. So, Keep okay. going. I, I'm, I'm not going to drag this out because we've got some callers, but gordos became guarded area. And if you don't feel like you're in a special place, it's just, it's just a landscape. Uh, if you go from the street into your yard, your guarded area, if you don't have a a fence or a gate or something that says, I'm in a special, if you don't feel like you're in a special place, it's not a garden. It's not a guarded area. And that's where we feel comfortable. It's like instead of your living room where you got to keep things nice and neat because the preacher's going to come, you know, you never know. This like the den that's got dirty socks on the coffee table. You know, that's your guarded area. Um, some people have gates. Some people have walls. Some people have a simple entry arbor. If nothing else from your front yard to your backyard, put an arbor so you feel like you're going through a space. Uh, the last thing I want to mention, that I, I have a rope in my yard, Java, one of those big, thick, heavy nautical ropes is hanging down with a knot on the end. You cannot get into my back garden. You can't pass through my arbor without touching that rope. It's, it's there. I mean, I fist bump it when I come home because what that does is it makes me stop and touch and feel and think. I'm going from the world into my little guarded area. I bump that little uh, that, 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 that rope and I'm saying I'm home. 
And when I'm leaving, I bump her up, said, I'll be back. I hope I'll be back. See, but that lets me know I'm going from one space to another. The word is lemon, lemon, a liminality, a threshold. So I go into my guarded area, which comes from Gordos. How's that for a little? You weren't asking that, were you? No, that that is truly an answer to an unasked question. <laughs> but I'm glad you gave that answer. Horticulture and courtyard come from this. They're the upscale version of your yard or your garden, but they all mean special guarded place. There. Whew. Let's slide down a moat to, to the Gulf Coast again of Bay St. Louis. Sally, thank you for holding. How are you this morning? Hey, good morning, Felder. Howdy. Nice job. Hey, uh, question. I planted some zucchini, some seeds. You know how quick they grow. Yep. And I'm not really ready to put them out, but they have little buds already on them. Should I should I uh, take the buds off, or should I just go ahead and try to plant them this weekend? Well, they're they're in uh, they're in pretty good sized pots or little bitty pots. They're in little bitty pots. Yeah. Uh, I'm assuming you have them outside where they're getting sunshine, right? No, no, they they need sunshine. I would put them out if you can't plant them this weekend. Put them outside and give them a little bit of fertilizer, some kind of liquid fertilizer, maybe mixed with water at half strength. Whatever it says to put it in a gallon of water, put half that much, or use it in two gallons to save some. But half strength fertilizer, and they need real sunshine. So uh, anyway. If you, you know, a lot of people started stuff indoors. I started planting seeds, and as soon as they come up, I put them out where they get real sunshine because it's not just the the direct solar energy, which is what drives these these the function of the plant, but they need the humidity, they need the kind of cool temperatures, but equally they need the air movement, which moves them back and forth, and that's what what makes your stems sturdy and stocky. So if you leave them indoors, you get long and leggy. So anyway, put them outside, give them a half strength shot of fertilizer, and uh, plant them just as soon as you can. So some people can't grow squash at all. She's got them growing in her kitchen window. <laughs> anyway, let's go now up to Florence, talk with Sandra. Morning, Sandra. Well, good morning. Howdy. How are you? So far, so good. Not so bad. Good. I just love your show. Thank I love you. to listen to you. Hey, thanks for being part of it. Oh, thank you. I wanted to tell you about my pink perfection. Uh, Camellia. Camellia, thank you. That's my um, great-grandmother's favorite camellia of all time. Mine, too. I called you about two months ago, I think it was, and cried on your shoulder because I didn't think mine were going to live from the freeze. And, 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 what, and what did I say? What did I say back then? Just wait and see. And... You waited and saw. Oh, oh! I remember you. You told me to uh, print pictures of it and hang it on my tree. <laughs> <laughs> now that sounds like what Felder would say. To do, pr- print out some pictures of the flowers, hang them on your tree. But it's put down new growth, right? Uh, on the tree. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Not much. I mean, it's big already. Yeah. yeah. But I have a, a purple dome that I put in the ground last year. Another and, good one. Uh, it, it had five buds on it. All but one fell off a bit. It's yeah. not but about a foot tall. Yeah, it was it was a very, very tough winter. You know, that, that freeze we got, it wasn't so much it was a hard it was a hard freeze. Harder than we oh, usually okay. get. But it came so early in the year that my Japanese maples still had leaves on them and they turned brown and crisp and stayed on the plant. It looks dead. But it was a sudden hard freeze 
early when plants weren't weren't ready for it, and they caught a lot of plants. Anyway, mm-hmm. scratch the bark, and if it's bright green under there, it'll do fine. Okay. Uh, another thing, I have some azaleas that I put out for three years ago, mm-hmm. and they're small, and they're real leggy. They've bloomed a little bit this year. Yeah. Can I cut them back a lot? Will that help them thicken up or... You know, I'll I, I, I tell you a quick anecdote. Uh, my Neil Gardens over in Jackson was founded by my Neil Hayward. I knew Miss Nell really well. She, and she, she, I used to go out there. I'd pick even when she moved into a retirement home. I'd go in my pickup truck and we put her her, her wheelchair in the back and drive her out there and mm. r- roll around the garden with her. We took azaleas that she planted back in the 1940s and we cut them down to a foot, foot and a half tall. And they came out fine. So you can't hurt an azalea by pruning it way back. Uh, it rejuvenates. As a matter of fact, it's called rejuvenation pruning. When you take a big plant that's overgrown, start it over again. Uh, here's a trick, though. If you want to do that, uh, you know, pretty soon, you don't have to get right on it, but sometime the next month or two, if you'll cut them as far back as you want, they're going to put out new growth right where you make the cut, Sanders. So whether they cut it here, there, or where, you might want to cut some of the stems at different heights so it still has a nice kind of a snow snowball rounded top shape instead of cutting it straight across. And then when the new growth comes out, which is going to take three or four weeks, you're going to have to, your neighbor's going to think you killed your plant. But when they sprout out, that new growth is going to really jump because it's got all those roots pushing it. It's important to go back in late May or June and snip the tips off the new growth so it bushes out instead of shooting up overhead. So hard pruning, oh. yeah, hard pruning, and then come back and tip prune the new growth to make it bush out. And then you can prune that new growth one more time. As long as you don't prune it past about the middle of July, the new growth that comes out after July will set flower buds and bloom next year. So hard prune, oh. one or two light prunings, be done with it by the middle of July, and they'll be fine. This has been done thousands and thousands and thousands of times. It won't hurt the plant. That is great. Thank you. Oh, it's uh, easy to say. It's easy to say. It ain't going to be that easy to do. Yeah. Um, another thing, uh, I mulch with um, pine straw, mm-hmm. and it doesn't um, rot very easy. Do doesn't, you pull that back and put new on in the spring, or how do you, you know, do that? You know, pine straw, like magnolia leaves, have got that waxy covering, and they don't break down very well. They don't feed the soil, and they do tend to pack down and get kind of a, a it's not a bad fungus, but it gets a fungus in there that makes an impervious layer that rain has hard to, you know, I don't prefer to use pine straw unless, you know, if you've got a pine tree and it's throwing it in your face, go ahead and use that, but uh, at least every couple of three or four years, pull it all back freshen it up, add some new stuff. You can put the old stuff back, but mix it with some new stuff to freshen it up. I, I prefer bark because it decomposes, it feeds the soil. Pine straw looks better and sometimes it's cheaper. But yeah, pull it back. After you prune the plant, pull it back and, and you're going to find all sorts of critters in there. So just relax. You know, no, 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 no. no. They're, yeah, they're there eating stuff that you would rather have them than what they're eating. Anyway, just, just it's not a problem. Just understand ahead of time that that's what long handle rakes are for. Not to oh, chop, yeah. <laughs> but to pull stuff from a distance. Okay. Okay. Do you, uh, cotton seed meal, do you put that around all your plants? It's a, it's a good source of nitrogen. It's a good source of protein for earthworms. So I, I, you know, any, uh-huh. any plants that need a little fertilizer, you know, every year or two, just throw a little cotton seed meal around it, and it'll perk the plants up and it'll perk the worms up, and they'll do a good job of digging your dirt for you. 
Oh, just every year or two. Yeah, it's a yeah. That's all I do. And then use Osmocote the rest of the time. No, I you know for for I use Osmocote for potted plants. I use oh. regular fertilizer for 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 ground plants. So. Oh, okay. Anyway, it's going to be uh, nice and cool next weekend. If you want to get some stuff done, you need to get it done after this rain. Yeah, right. oh, it's nice out there today. Yep. Thank you so much. Okay, Sandra, good luck on uh, on your pink perfection. Okay, folks, uh, we got callers on the line. Uh, it, it kind of coincidentally, there's a beekeeping course this weekend. <laughs> That's so yes, right on time, right I on mean, time. I mean, Liz Gill just handed it to me. They're they're going to have it. Central Mississippi Beekeepers Association. Uh, they have their their beginner beekeeper short course for new prospective beekeepers. Saturday, March 11th, it's going to be at the Ag Museum. And I was just there this past week. Uh, Master, I helped Master Gardeners take care of a little herb garden there, and we appreciate their bees. But anyway. It's, uh, it's, it covers all the basic beekeeping uh, kind of classroom. And then they've got protective clothing for folks to go visit the beehives. So it's a full thing, full thing. Um, anyway, I, I don't see any. Oh, it, it is a little expensive. It's 40 bucks, but it, has, it includes lunch and everything. If you're interested in that, go to to the Ag Museum. Uh, it's called the Mississippi Agriculture Forest Museum for details. And beekeeping, as I have learned, is... Very popular these days. Yeah, yeah. I they had, had like an upswing during the pandemic. Yeah. It, it's, my, my brother, when he was in Millsaps, he had a beehive he kept on top of the garage of the rental house. And uh, and he got, you know, he was he was poor. He was hungry. And he grew his own honey on top of a garage at, right across West Street from Millsaps. So it's not that hard to do. Anyway, a Beekeepers Association short course, Saturday at the Ag Museum. Okay, we've had a guy hanging on from the Delta. Homer's been hanging on from the Clarksdale for, what, an hour, Homer? How long have you been hanging on? About an hour and 15 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> no. Hey, hey, listen, me and Java are going to be in Clarksdale next month. You know, the, 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 uh, the, the Delta Blues Festival? The Juke Joint Festival. The Juke Joint Festival. This is their 20th anniversary, and Java and I are going to be broadcasting live uh, from, 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 from Clarksdale. So anyway, what you got going on? I, uh, I got a, a friend of mine who wants me to prune a fig tree. I, I've got the equipment, but I don't have the know-how, and I need some quick do's and some don'ts on doing this. And it's kind of like a Bible friend of mine. You, uh, when he used to cut my hair, he said, "Well, if I mess it up, it'll grow back." Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. so, <laughs> how, how how good a friend is this? <laughs> here's here's a here here's the deal, Homer. Uh, and figs are a little weird. They're a little weird from other plants uh, because you want them to do something. You want them to have figs. You can cut a fig to the ground with a pickup truck, and it'll sprout back out. So you can't kill it by cutting it, okay? So so you can't mess up just like the haircut. But if you cut it too far back, it'll sprout out new growth. We won't have figs this year. Here's the deal. If you'll follow the end of a branch where it stopped growing back in the fall and follow it back to where it started growing last spring, last year's growth, as long as you leave some of that, it'll sprout out and have figs. So if you want to cut out the really tall stuff, cut it real low, leave some parts unpruned, and then cut it back a little bit. 
follow the ends of the branch back to where it started and leave at least half of that on some of the stems so they'll sprout out and have figs. So cut it as far as you want, but if you want to have figs, you need to leave some of last year's growth at least on some of the branches or limbs. This thing is huge, Phil. My, my great-grandmother's fig tree right down the road, right down Highway 49 in Indianola, my great-grandmother's fig tree, which my children, her great-great-grandchildren picked figs on. I know about having to use a rake to pull a branch down so you can reach the figs. But if you want to prune it, you can start it all over again. He's going to be mad at you for a little while, buy him a beer or something like that. <laughs> or, or else leave some stubs of last year's growth, or at least some of us, you'll have some figs. And then cut it back next year. What I leave, just cut that back next year when it goes dormant. Yeah, yeah. You know, you cut some of the tall stuff back this year and then cut what's left back a little bit. The next year, f- f- flip-flop at the other side. I got you. All righty, man. Okay. I'll make sure to get that to see you all at the jug dorm. Okay, okay. Well, we're going to uh, – it used to be uh, – I forget the name of the – uh, the what they call the, the the cooperative flower anyway it used to be Miss Dells. Miss Dale? Used to be Miss Dells. So so we we just could call it Miss Dells for local folks. And I'm gonna have my truck and everything with the garden in it. Well I will see you there. Okay, Thank Homer. You. Say cool man. See ya. Okay, now we need to go to down to to uh Lena and I don't know which one of these calls to go to. Let's go to Jim and Jackson Jim first. and Jackson. Jim, good morning. How are you, sir? Good morning. I'm doing great, Felder. Um, I have another question about that rejuvenation pruning. Yeah. Can I do that? Can I also do that to things like Sasanqua and uh, Augustum? Yeah. The, the only plants that don't take hard pruning are conifers, like cedars and junipers. They won't take hard pruning. Uh, but any of what we call broadleaf plants, hollies, azaleas, Cleara, Ligustrum, Camellia, you can cut them as far back as you want. I've cut ancient plants back to just a foot tall, and they sprouted back out. I don't know if you would necessarily want to cut that, but just keep in mind, wherever you make the cuts, that's where the growth comes out. So cut them back below where you want them to grow back up to and kind of do it in a a pretty shape, not straight across. That looks goofy. Yeah, well— the problem is part of my yard looks like Jurassic Park instead of uh, Jackson, Mississippi. Yeah. Hey, well, you haven't seen my yard, have you? See, if I were to move in your yard, nobody would care anymore. Excuse me. They don't let me live in some neighborhoods. But anyway, <laughs> anyway just keep it. And the harder you cut them, this year you can get away with it because everybody understands. Everybody. Okay. Great. Thank you so much. Appreciate All right. It. You bet. Good luck on it. All right, and let's slide down the Gulf Coast again and see what Lena's up to. Lena, good morning. Good morning. Uh, I heard you talking about fig trees. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have a fig tree story. I planted the fig trees maybe 15 years ago, but it's very close to my neighbor's house. In fact, it's touching it, but I've never been able to get hardly any figs, maybe a handful every year, mm-hmm. and I've cut it back. Is it just because it doesn't have a, a good space around it, free of any structures or other uh, well, trees. Well, it, you know, that's going to weaken it. You know, it, it, plants want to have as many roots as they can get. But luckily, figs, being from the Mediterranean, they grow in really miserable conditions. They don't need a lot of water, a lot of root growth. Uh, it could just be it's not getting enough sunshine, but it also could be how you're pruning them. You know, it's really important. Uh, 
it's, 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 it's kind of hard for me to describe. But again, if you could find what last year's growth was, as long as you leave some of that, you know, follow the tip where it ended. Okay, because I was listening to you talk to the previous call. Yeah, yeah, and, and uh-huh. that's true. It's, you know, my fig tree is a fig bush, and every every winter I cut everything that grew the previous year back uh, halfway. Sometimes okay. it's only three or four inches. Sometimes it's a, a couple of feet, but always leave stubs of last year's growth, and and, uh, and that keeps it compact, more fr- uh, fruitful, and easier to pick. Well, my, my neighbor's house is... Uh, Ten in, uh, a foot away from the tree. That's what I was uh, always blamed. What? Why I had no production of fruit well, because of the, the well, house next door. Was okay. Abutting well, well, it. Well, well uh, let me tell you a story. You go. I was in York, England, a month ago, and been to Scotland, been all over the British Isles, and they all grow fig trees up against a wall, pruned flat against a wall. Okay. But uh, here's the deal. Yes. Yeah, it's found. Yeah, that's right. But now, uh, which which way does that wall face? Does it get? Is it faces the the north? You know, south, east, west. Does it get plenty of sunshine? Is what I'm saying. It does. As long as it gets sunshine, you can plant it flat and spout you up against the wall. The the trick is leave stubs of last year's growth. And okay, uh, but it do, doesn't hurt growing up against the wall. Does not. Okay. All right. Good. I thought maybe it's lack of sunshine. Well, it could be, but you know, not from the wall side. The 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 side away from the wall. You know, as long as it's got plenty of sunshine on the on the the side away from the wall, it should do okay. fine. Okay. Well, mighty fine. Thanks a lot. Okay. Appreciate it, Lena. Thanks for calling. Okay. God bless you. Thank Bye. you. Oh, I cannot emphasize how much fun we had last week. With the you know the, the the master gardeners and the garden club, and I've got a few of those coming up over the next uh, few weeks, uh, quite a few. But the main thing, the beekeeping course this weekend, and also we got a couple of plant swaps coming up. One at the Flora Library, and one in Mobile, very end of this month. And uh, I want to sort of pre-announce something. There's a what I call a mom and pop garden center. Java, you know, there's the big box stores, there's the old gar- big garden centers get all the shiny stuff. And a lot of communities that have these old-fashioned mom-and-pop flower and seed stores. And there's one in Crystal Springs that a lady started, just retired, and a friend of mine who's a good master gardener has just gotten it. And they're going to have a grand opening in a couple of weeks. I'm going to drive my truck down there and surprise her. Don't anybody tell her. And we'll give details <laughs> on this next week, but it's on Highway 27 in Crystal Springs, old-timey real garden center. And it's just bought it by a real gardener. We'll give details about that later. But those are the places that you want to go. I know often on Fixer 101, when we're talking about uh, different fixes and things like that, you might want to skip the the big box store and go to a local hardware store and find the guy with the, or gal, with the most hair on their face. (laughs) 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 Because they they may have the answer that you're looking for. (laughs) Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, I used to go to Montgomery Hardware, which is in Jackson. It was an Ace Hardware. It's closed now, you know, because they, they... They've moved. But I would go in there, and I would do my finger in a crook. I said, I need one of these, and they would do their other fingers in two crooks. I said, no, you need two of these, and they'll do the same thing, and they're cheaper. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, this place is being bought up by a real hardcore 
enthusiastic gardener, and I, I, and I like that. Uh, anyway, John, I was uh, revisiting this thing about the beekeeper short course. Uh, it starts at 8 15 uh, uh, in the morning at the Ag Museum in Jackson, Lakeland Drive. And I'm thinking $40. But then how much does a jar of honey cost? I mean, I spend that much on pansies. The good honey at that, not, yeah. not the store, you know, watered down. Interest, uh, interesting hobby, too. Real interesting hobby. But anyway. Uh, and it includes lunch, right? Yeah. yeah I mean, yeah. it's a lot of lunches. cost $40. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, it'll be fun. If you're there, swing by the doctor's, uh, you know, that little small town thing. They got a herb garden in the back that I've been working with master gardeners taking care of. You know, there's some stuff growing right now, some really good stuff, even though it's it been through a hard winter. It looks pretty good. But next time, anytime you're taking kids by the Ag Museum, swing by the doctor's herb garden. Uh, it's safe. You know, it doesn't have any poisonous plants and that kind of stuff. But it's a cool little garden. And uh, we've started uh, a little heirloom thing, a little area that's got old-fashioned pass-along plants. And I managed to talk the uh, the the fellow who's in charge. Let me put a little collection of recycled flower pots, including some made out of tires. He said, "I don't know about that, but, but when we did it, painted little combination looks pretty good. Looks pretty good." So uh, anyway, um, I'm going to post a picture Java with our podcast. With I'm going to send it to you of this this. Uh, Red rose, the uh, Martha Gonzalez rose, the spiderwort, and a little weed that grows in people's yards called a henbit, little little square stem thing. It's got the most delicate little pretty orchid-looking purple flowers, and it's in the mint family. You can eat it. So this is a wildflower uh, called henbit. Some people call it dead nettle. I don't know why. But anyway, it's perfectly edible. And so, you know, you've got weeds in your yard. If you can't beat them, Eat them. <laughs> and you know what's so funny about the weeds in the yard? We do have some callers coming up, so we're going to get back to the phone lines. But um, my my girls, uh, well, I did want to tell you, too, my uh, middle child, she is in the after-school program at the uh, Mississippi Children's Museum. Mm-hmm. And I went to pick her up uh, one day last week, and they were out in the front garden pulling up the weeds. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, it was just, you know, think about it, six, seven, eight, four. Uh, uh, six years, six year olds just pulling up everything that's green because <laughs> using their fingers for what their fingers are made for instead of punching into a little screen. Yeah, pulling up the weeds. But I was going to say about uh, the the weeds in the garden, especially the ones that are very colorful. Yeah, you can't tell a little child that that's not a flower. It is a flower. That's right. <laughs> now, my daughter made a little arrangement, took to school, and, the, and her, her, their teacher says, those aren't flowers, those are weeds. And she said, well, my dad calls them flowers. I said, whatever, you know, snap. It's another <laughs> old snap. Another uh, show, you know, how we adults put value on different things when a kid just sees it through just yeah. the brightest of eyes. Yeah, this will be my rant, but the, the, a weed is any plant having to deal with an unhappy human. Anyway, uh, we need to go to, there's an arrow by one that says D.A. D.A. in Mobile. D.A., what's up? Thanks for calling. Hi, good morning. At what point should you be concerned about mistletoe killing a tree? None. No point at all. Even if it's just it up by it? Yep. Mistletoe is a parasite. A parasite, if it kills its host, it dies. So, uh, and, and the mistletoe, I have pictures of mistletoe that are 
hundred years old and trees that are centuries old. Mistletoe grows roots into the tree, under the bark, wraps around. If you kill the mistletoe, those roots under the bark die and the plant dies. So just ignore it. Mistletoe and trees have been getting along for a long time. Not a good control that won't hurt your tree more than the mistletoe will. Real, I have, really. I had to hear that yep. because I had multiple trees with it. I was afraid they were going to die. No. Uh, yeah. And there's nothing you can do for mistletoe that won't be worse for the tree than the mistletoe is. So enjoy it. Thank you very, very much. All right. Appreciate it. Uh, now, Laura in Mobile. Laura, good morning. How are you? Oh, good morning. Um, thank you for taking my call. I'm sure. out in my yard right now pulling weeds. Mm-hmm. And I have molly grass that I planted years ago, but it has spread to other places like in my flower bed. Yeah. So I cut one back that is getting pretty big. Can I dig it up now? Sure, sure. Uh, it's already got all this new growth on it, right? Well, I chopped off the old stuff. I can see yeah. where the, the new green yeah. is, is coming through. It's no problem um, at all. Just dig it up and move it, and it won't miss a lick. Oh, good. Okay. And uh, just just a side note here. I'm pulling pavers out so I can get to the weeds. And when I pulled out a paver, underneath the paver, I have lily bulbs. And underneath the paver, I pulled it up. There are lilies that have sprouted underneath the paver that's coming out into the grass. They've been liberated. (laughs) They've been liberated. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Breath of fresh air. (laughs) Have fun, love. Thank you. Okay. See. Now we go to John in Madison. John, what's up, man? Uh, yes, good morning. How are you? Fine, fine, fine. Starting to run out of time, but what can we squeeze in here? Oh, okay, I'll make it really quick. Uh, I'll, first of all, I will be at the beekeeping um, training tomorrow. Good. Looking forward to meeting you there. Uh, my question, I have a wet area in front of my house. I, I would like to plant uh some flowering plants then. Yes. And they're standing water occasionally, and I yeah. was just wondering what okay. you recommend. I'm new to Mississippi, don't know oh, a lot oh, about the plant. Okay. Felderrushing.blog, email me. I've got a list of great plants that love those conditions, pretty plants that love wetland conditions. You have what's called a rain garden, and we got some great, great plants for that. Felderrushing.blog. Okay. All right. Thank you very much. All right. You bet. Appreciate it. And we got time to... No, Cynthia in Paris, Mississippi. Cynthia, we're out of time. What you got going on real quick? All I need to know, will Rosemary come back? Nope. This is first winter. Okay. Okay, okay. I lost five different kinds of rosemary, including two plants that were seven years old, and I'm just replanting. That's what gardeners do. I know. Thank you. Have a good week. All right, you know, it's sad, but, you know, it's just like, you know, plucking eyebrows and, and you know, shaving and, and making up your bed. Gardening sometimes just means replanting stuff. All we can do, Java. Yeah, there's, I, I hate it for the rosemary, but they, se- they sell it at the store. I know. I mean, people <laughs> say, oh, you don't understand my rosemary. I said, I lost five different kinds of rosemary, including the one in the back of my pickup truck. Oh, wow. It's, it's, it's six years old. So, yeah, I understand. Nothing we can do except just, you know, reboot. You know, turn it off, turn it back on, plant something else in the ground. Gardening is not about maintaining something. It's about continuing things.
You know, you don't keep something static. You're always changing. Anyway, I had a pretty pretty good time, Java, and uh, we're going to be kicking around ideas every week. Yeah, we're going to be getting ready for that uh, the Juke Joint Festival. Uh, it's April 14th, I believe. 25th. No, no, 14th. 14th. Yeah. 14th. 14th. You're right. It's going to be a blast. Yeah, it's going to be fun. So we're going to be letting people know about it so we can go out to Miss D's. Well, it used to be called Miss D's Garden okay. Center. But everybody knows, right downtown. We, plenty of time. Folks, if you get a chance this weekend, take a kid to a farmer's market or to a garden center. Get a pot full of something, anything, put it out there. If you can eat it, that's better. But main thing is, do what we do best, and that's get dirty. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand.